Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Mike Milks. First, a couple of announcements. If you would like to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing, and we're doing incredible spots for our affiliates. Check out our website, forbiddenknowledge.news. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community there, like Understanding Propaganda, Day Zero, Raised by Giants, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. But Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. Just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus to sign up or click the link in the description. Today I want to welcome back to the show Mike Milks. He is creator of Morning DEW on YouTube. He is a stargazing earth watcher who has an overall love for humanity and a particular understanding of weather and cosmology. Mike, welcome back. How you doing? I'm great, Chris. How are you? I'm excellent, man. It's great to have you back on. We're going to get an yeah. update uh, about what's been going on with the Earth changes and cosmic conditions surrounding our planet. You've been covering these changes for a very long time. Uh, I remember back when I was covering some of this, it seemed that we were going through some major changes starting back in 2014, 15, 16, 17, uh, up until yeah. when I stopped covering this stuff. Uh, and I can only imagine that it has increased. Uh, I know that I've been hearing a lot of things from my other researcher friends that uh, we've been definitely seeing an increase in these changes. But uh, it's been a while since you've been on. Why don't you go ahead and remind the audience a little bit about yourself and what brought you to cover these changes? Yes. Uh, thank you, Chris, for that overwhelming and welcoming introduction it's been about a year now since we've done a pod podcast together mm. uh, so i want to thank you again for having me on and yeah i guess just after you stopped reporting i had started i, I started my channel back in 2017 and and it was about four years that i was doing research every day and, and i just wanted to share this research research with everyone um, so that's why I started daily events worldwide back in 2017. And, and a lot has changed since then, you know, even, um, you know, when I first started monitoring earth changes, you know, watching earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, world weather events, <clears throat> extreme weather events, um, we were sitting at about, you know, maybe 25 to 30 volcanoes erupting across the planet. And then now over the past 18 months, we've had over 49 or, or almost 50 volcanoes erupting across the planet. Um, earthquakes in uh, diverse places, landslides. There's just been so much in, in a, just in the past three years, pretty much from 2019 and forward back in 2018, we had that large, uh, Kilauea eruption, uh, and then just some very large eruptions, very dormant volcanoes awakening after possibly four to 600 years, you know, and this is all in correlation to the things that I've been talking about on my channel is that, um, you know, our, our solar system and, and our big player, the sun, 
um, is is pretty much putting us into a cyclical possible disaster, uh, which you know has been um, written in scriptures. There's been many catastrophic earth events that have occurred throughout our time and and before our time. And well, it, I mean, we're going back from the creation of our planet, but a lot of people are talking about the 12,000 year cycle where we could be on the cusp of a major shift in solar cycles and our magnetic field, possible complete magnetic reversal. So these were things that I was kind of researching before I started my channel and, and I just learned so much more doing more research and sharing my research and meeting friends and family like yourself and other channels, other YouTubers. It's a great community here. Um, not everybody knows about space weather. So that is something that I wanted to share with everyone as well is the knowledge of space weather and how it conducts and um, orchestrates everything on our planet. Right on, man. Nope. And a lot of people don't realize uh, that how big of a part of these their planetary changes that uh, the space weather and the sun actually dictates. It controls so much of this. Uh, and of course, in this community, Indeed. we have the, the arguments of whether we're on in a simulation or a realm, if space is real or not. So that's going to be a whole different show. We'll, we'll save that for later. Uh, but right. <laughs> when I was covering this stuff, I remember back um, whenever I started looking into this uh, i saw that since like the early 1900s earthquake and volcanic activity has been up like a crazy amount like over a thousand percent uh and let's talk about some of the other things that we're seeing that's uh that has changed significantly uh over the past 20 30 years you mentioned volcanoes earthquakes uh we've had changes in our jet streams i know the magnetic uh, our magnetic field is moving rapidly uh what else are we looking at sinkholes um landslides sinkholes and, and talk about just last about three or four days ago in alberta grapefruit sized hail falling in alberta now that is unheard of for Alberta. I mean, you, you'd maybe expect that somewhere in Mexico or uh, through the central United States where they have insane storms there. But they've seen now over the past five, for the past five years, they've seen the most disastrous and most costly hailstorm in Canadian history. And now they've experienced the largest hailstones in Canadian history. And this is something I talked about that would be coming as our magnetic field and our, our jet streams and our weather is compressed due to the low solar output going through a solar minimum and then quite possibly into a grand solar minimum and elongated minimum where the solar output actually changes our magnetic field and even where we sit in our in, in the whole magnetic field. You know, when we've got our um, magnetic North Pole that is gravitated towards Siberia, you know, almost 45 kilometers in the past three years, you got to wonder what's up, you know, and, and then we look at these catastrophic events that are happening across the world. <clears throat> I mean, Alberta is just a taste of what has happened over the past little while. The monsoon rains in, in India, Myanmar, uh, Thailand, the the strange low number of Atlantic hurricanes that are developing this season as well 
it really makes me wonder what's up with our planet and what kind of changes are going we're going through right now is it just um a seasonal mm. or is this a, a large cyclical change that we're going to see dramatically happen over the next five years you know and when you look at the next five years a lot of governments and world players right now you know when they created agenda 21 united nations agreement 197 countries worldwide need to be assigned and following these 17 steps to st sustainable development by 2030 you know um you gotta wonder what's up what's gonna happen by 2030 you know if, if things are ramping up the way they are right now this is probably nothing like what we're gonna see in, in the last five years here, 2025 to 2030, we'll see things dramatically increase. Um, and, you know, talk about changes. When we uh, talk about our sun and the events that it propels towards us, I mean, it's constantly hitting us with an average of 250 to 300 kilometer per second solar winds. And then when we have a coronal hole wind stream, that picks up to 500, 600, sometimes even 700 kilometers per second. And during that time, it is documented that you can come check out the live stream on my channel right now, or at any time for that matter, <clears throat> earthquakes increase in correlation with space weather events. And especially when we have an M-class or a C-class or possible X-class flare, in an earth-facing position, we really see an uptick in these events. So the whole um, staying aware and prepared, we have to follow our sun, we have to follow our weather, we have to follow earthquakes, volcanoes, because sometimes we can actually forecast earthquakes, believe it or not. You know, there are more specialized geologists out there and other YouTubers that forecast earthquakes. Uh, for instance, Dutch Sense, uh, and there's a couple others, uh, but we, we're lucky. I do believe that we're lucky to have so much information available for us with the World Wide Web now. You know, it, so a lot of people will say, oh, well, there's only more reports of it now. And, and because there's more reports of it, that it's, it may look like it's increasing. But the numbers don't lie, you know, and as you said, you know, it's been steadily increasing since the 1900s. When you, when you go back to the late 1800s, that was our last mini ice age. Mm. You know, we dipped into a mini ice age from, from 1700 to 1800, probably 150 years where the planet was going through some catastrophic events, even documented, um, you know, complete villages in Africa being taken out by lightning strikes. And then here there are reports in, I believe it was Saskatchewan, there was a lightning strike that hit a farmer's field and it killed every cow in his... Jesus. Yeah, Man. it killed about 38 cows. So, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's so much information out there. I wish people would do their own research at the same time because, I mean, I don't know at all. I know what I know, if you know what I mean. 
Right. Um, well, one of the things that uh, I was looking at, one of the crazy anomalies that I was looking at back in the day was the title anomalies where we would have uh, just maybe sometimes miles of tide just disappear uh, anomalously. There'd be boats left in the sand uh, just sitting there with no water around them. And this happened in a few different places, uh, South America, uh, I think uh, in Africa. And it was just a very strange thing. It was on the news uh, across the planet. Uh, and I'm wondering, has this kept on occurring? Because it was a very strange thing that happened a couple of years in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I haven't really seen too many stories about that. But the title, you know, um, our, our, our tide cycles, you know, are, are orchestrated by the moon mostly. But also, if we've got a, a topographical change, geographical change that happens in our world, for instance, a sinkhole. You know, uh, a sinkhole opened up in Argentina, or no, sorry, Chile the other day. And this thing's 40 meters wide, and it it literally just fell into the earth, 120 meters. You know, so I, I think there's so many changes that can happen instantly uh, from landslides, sinkholes uh, that can affect our tides. But I do believe that, you know, what you might be referring to could be connected to our magnetic field and the changes that are happening with our magnetic field. If, if, if we've got this, um, this Northern push of our magnetic North pulling towards Siberia, and we've also got the, the South Atlantic anomaly that is occurring in uh, just off the coast of South America in the South Atlantic. I think that, you know, that that's a pull that's a North and South pulling towards each other. Yeah, that South Atlantic anomaly, um, I remember looking at that. Has that changed any or gotten larger? Uh, It's a very strange uh, magnetic anomaly uh, right off the coast of Africa, right? Yeah, in between South America and Africa, but mostly um, towards South America. And, and, And even if you look at Google Earth, you can see that South America has gone through catastrophic events it, it it's their landscape their geographical planes are nothing like anything else on earth they're they're uh san antonio de la cobros if you if you look at that area in south america there are these amazing sands all colors and and you have to you have to wonder what happened to this you know this area back in time to create such magnificent magnificent colors it's it's cosmic when we have our uh, our solar eclipse it crossed right over san antonio de cobros we had the two solar eclipses in the past three years and they passed over the same area one one way and then the other the other way so i mean i don't i don't know exactly why that's happening but mm-hmm. i think the the south Atlantic anomaly, I do believe, has a lot to do with our South Pole, you know, Antarctica. So that's all I know. That's all I can suggest. Well, mm-hmm. Do you think that the these changes are mainly due to solar cycles, to the changes in our sun, uh, is what we're seeing on the planet right now? I do. I do believe that. I do believe that. So you would say we're going through um, a solar minimum? Well, we actually just started Sol- Solar Cycle 25, 
which is a maximum. Mm. So we are we just finished a minimum. So what the the um, a lot of YouTubers and geophysicists, geologists, meteorologists who are actually watching this and monitoring it believe that this next minimum coming up. So in 11 years from now, when we dip back into a solar minimum, this could be an elongated solar minimum. So maybe it'll last 20 years instead of 11 years. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, we, we can only speculate based on history and based on what we know. So I do believe that this next minimum could, could really be foretelling in, in regards to, you know, how our planet's going to react to it. And uh, even the other planets in our solar system, you know, where there's been documented changes on Neptune, uh, documented changes on Jupiter, the large, the largest storm ever reported, you know, on Jupiter that has changed as well, you know, so there's a lot of um, celestial changes that are going on right now. Right. And it, it's all, I believe it's all in correlation to our sun. Right on. Uh, now, son of man, <laughs> do you think that this, uh, what we're experiencing now is going to become something uh, of a mini ice age? I have uh, quite a few researchers that believe that we're going to head into uh, it's an area that where our, we will no longer be able to sustain, sustain crops, where the climates will change dramatically in different areas of the planet, where even we may see a, a tilting of the poles or a slight shifting of the poles to where... Uh, uh, the climate is completely different in the north than it is to the south. What do you think about that? I do believe that. I've done a lot of research as well on the mini ice age that could quite possibly be in our doorstep. And when I look at this record amount of volcanoes that are erupting across the world and have been for the past two years, we've been up and over 25 to 30, which is the average We've been between 45 and 50 for the past 18 months to two years. You got to think about all that ash and debris that has gone up into the into our atmosphere. Look at what Hunga Tonga did last year. Look at the massive eruption in Iceland, massive eruptions, uh, Soufriere, uh, La Palma. So much SO2 and CO2 and debris has been put up into our atmosphere almost blanketing and in, it's noticeable it's noticeable on uh looking at satellite imagery of the cloud cover across the world it's also noticeable on the total precipital water map that i always have on my live stream here there is more moisture falling around the world yes there are areas that are experiencing the worst drought ever for instance western u.s and up into the pacific northwest but you know, as you said, the grow zones are going to change. I do believe that. I, I think that, you know, our, if, if, if our North Pole and South Pole is affected and changed so much, you got to think our equator is going to change as well on, it, on where it sits in the geographical plane of our planet. 
Right. Well, we know so, the magnetic uh, north is rapidly moving. Could that actually have a, an effect on the tilt of our axis of our planet? Could it cause a slight shift? Or Because if, if we have a, a complete reversal of our magnetic field, that would get rid of all of our technology. And what else would it cause, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one can only speculate exactly what that might do and how that might affect us. You know, but um, there's been times shown in history for instance the carrington event how much the sun affects our world you know it, it put the, in the late 1800s they experienced the carrington event it was a large solar flare that was an earth facing and it pretty much knocked out the power grid whatever power we had whatever power lines we had we had to start over you know and these devices that we're using right now would be useless if that kind of event happened again. It would fry them. It would fry. I mean, I wasn't there during the Carrington event. Nobody, nobody here was. But we can only speculate based on history and based on what has happened in our past. You know, and, and the solar cycles really correlates with volcanic events. Uh, mini ice ages. Now, do you think that they, though, I'm, when I say they, them, those, they, those in control, the uh, what you want to call globalists or elites, that they knew or know that we're up for one of these major uh, earth-changing events, maybe a um, an extinction-level event in some ways, and that the reason we've been kind of pushed in these crazy directions lately is because they do know that they're making preparations and they're just getting ready for a new world after this major cataclysm. I don't know. What do you think about that? I would have to speculate and believe that they know because there is many a truths buried by them throughout history. And the United Nations push right now for everything to be digitalized uh have a number for say they want everything crops everything every piece of everything they want a number for it they want to be able to track it they want to be able to track us they want it they want full control before things get out of control i and i i really do believe that they know they must know they must know Oh, we got a friend here saying hi here. Oh, hey, there we go. Nice cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little All kitten. Right. Kittens his, are his always welcome her. here. Right? That's Star. We've Star. got two kittens. Uh, yeah, nice. a girl and a boy. They're brother and sister. So Star and Sunny. And I do believe this is Star behind me here. Nice. <laughs> well, welcome, Star. Welcome to the show. Um <laughs> What, when it comes to the past cataclysms that we've seen, uh, you were just kind of discussing this, uh, how we have these cyclical cataclysms that kind of wipe us out or take us back to a certain age or get rid of a good portion of humanity. Uh, there's some speculation recently that we might have had some of these major cataclysms a lot sooner in our history or, or a lot more recently than we've been told from our history books. And a good portion of our population could have been eliminated up to maybe a couple of hundred years ago. And our whole history might have been rewritten since then. If you look at, you know, some of the 
theories that are come out about Tartaria and mud flood and all this stuff. Uh, have you looked into any of that? And I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, well, no, I haven't. I have not. But um, in correlation to that, you know, we are living in the 21st century. So it was only 20, 20 lives ago, 20 generations ago, that the Holy Bible was written. And the stories were told of all these events happening around the world and how people needed a belief system, needed to believe in something. If we didn't have the Bible, we wouldn't be where we are now. So what was happening back then on our planet that caused such a strive to believe in something? There, and I... I mean, I don't know exactly if they're covering up a catastrophic event in the past 2,000 years, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because if you've got 8 billion people on the planet, which we do, just about 8 billion people on this planet, um, knowing that this could be the end in the next 10 years, um, they'd be acting pretty funny around the world. Um, you know, a lot of people would be doing some rash, pretty rash things. So uh, we also you know, as researchers and, and podcasters, we got to be careful not to spread the fear saying that this is going to happen, you know, because we don't know. We, we it's, um, we'd like to believe that they've told us the truth this whole time. Yeah. But when you tell one lie, you have to tell more lies just to cover that lie. <laughs> and then you got to tell more lies to cover those lies. Yeah. So are we knee deep, neck deep in bullshit? Or are we, just, you know, uh, day by day, going by what they said, right, carrying man. on, being grateful for another surviving day on the planet. <laughs> it's exactly. pretty much all we can do. Yeah, man. Um, uh, now, I have to bring us here because if I don't, I'm going to have people in the chat asking about it. Uh, we're talking about lies from our, our officials. Uh, well, let's look at NASA for a second. It seems that everything that NASA has shown us from pictures to videos to information is not all truth. It's not real. They've shown us so much fakery. That, I mean, why fake things in space? Why fake the uh, astronauts going float around the space station? Why fake a lot of these pictures? Uh, and it, it that, of course, brings up conspiracy theories of flat Earth. Well, you know, I'm not a flat earther, but I'm definitely not a, a traditional model of space guy either. And it's I've become less and less of that over the years with all of the fake and just information that's come out to point to that what we're living on, this realm, whatever this is, is a lot uh, more malleable, less physical than we think, and there are a lot of high, strange type of... Um, I guess you could say aspects of our reality that don't fit with what they're trying to tell us that the standard model of space is and our planet and how uh, the physics of our planet works. I think it's a lot more strange, a lot different, and uh, probably something that we could never understand uh, just based on our own science. But I want to get your thoughts on do you subscribe to the typical model of space or do you think that there's something kind of off about that? Um, I, I do believe that we are on a planet 
spinning around a sun that's being dragged through the Milky Way. And all of the, the stars out there the he- in the heavens, all of the planets around them are round. We may not be perfect, perfect circle, but we are round. Um, now, I've never really gotten into interdimensional thinking. Um, I do believe that it's more of a spiritual realm that we're living in and we can only, um, I, I guess we can only believe what they're showing us, but at the same time, we have to have skepticism because we don't know what happened in our past. And we've seen, you know, old scriptures and, and writings on caves where people are going through disastrous situations. Um, This cycle that we're going through right now, the planets in our solar system. Okay. So let's take a pie. There's a huge pie right here. Apple pie. Num nums. All the planets are in one slice of the pie right now, one corner of the pie. And the last time that the planets were in this position, all together for such a long period of time was our last mini ice age. So there's cyclical events that they are covering up and we are starting to unravel them interdimensional or not. I don't know. Right. But I do believe that, uh, you know, our solar cyclical cycles affect us, our brains, our, our hearts. It's all connected. It's all connected. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system for self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. And you can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. And learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. They can help you get off-grid and learn what systems to employ for food, water, and energy self-reliance. And live abundantly and in full connection with your property and what you produce. Click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest and have your own sustainable source of livelihood and become self-sufficient with food forest abundance. Just click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest today. Yeah, definitely so. Um, I think that there's a major energetic connection, electrical connection between us and all of the planets, or if you would call them planets, whatever you want to call them, that it's all connected and it all serves a purpose to kind of maintain whatever our reality is. But that, again, is getting into a whole different show. Uh, I want to get back to our crazy weather that we've been having, uh, and Mm -hmm. there's been more and more evidence that not only uh, is our weather, has our weather been changing dramatically naturally, but they may have been tinkering with this a little bit and actually uh, able to control a lot of our weather. And I want to get your thoughts on that. 
my lips are sealed. <clears throat> <laughs> Not here, Whether, friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> Weather geoengineering. They've yeah. been doing it since the 1920s. In the 70s, 60s and 70s, they sprayed lithium across the skies, hoping that they would cure a lot of the people suffering from depression. They know that silver iodide, if they spray ahead of a storm that's going to be producing some very, very devastating and large hailstorms, they will spray ahead of it because they know that it will dissipate the hail. So there are events that they, there's stuff that they're being straight up about saying, yeah, we spray this, we spray that to do this. Um, you know, they spray barium to, to create a reflectant to help deflect cosmic rays. Um, you got to wonder what else are they doing? And with our technology that we have these days with electromagnetic pulses, um, and of course, just their spraying. Well, man, I've, I've actually seen, I've, I've sat outside for a while and seen them spray the skies. I've seen these little spray things that they let out turn into massive clouds. And then I see this, what looks like to be this kind of pulsing wave going through the clouds and causing it to spread out across the sky. Now, am I crazy? Or are they doing that shit? So I wait, what they quite possibly could be doing is knowing the area that could be affected at that time. They're spraying it, they're spraying it, knowing that there's an effect on our atmosphere at that time. And it's, it's reacting. You're probably seeing it react before your eyes. I haven't seen anything that, like that just yet, but I know that when we go through um, some space weather events or even being affected by a coronal hole stream, you will see a lot of, of spraying up there. You know, and, and there's, there's jet streams, there's commercial airline streams. Yes, but there's also spraying, okay? Spraying, as you said, it falls and it gets bigger and bigger. Jet airliners, uh, emissions dissipate you see them dissipate you'll, you'll see a faint line behind them mm. and as they carry on that line will disappear as it follows along so uh, to say that they're not spraying anything up there is uh yeah uh, for those who are watching you know uh, just look up once in a while and you'll see a difference and well, i've documented it a few stratospheric times. atmospheric injections or some shit like that i mean it was even uh broadcast in the mainstream news that harvard was doing these experiments but they they kind of kept it to to just uh the minimum that they talk about it but it's definitely a known thing and they're definitely spraying shit in our skies mm -hmm. now speaking of some of the changes that we could possibly be seeing in the near future we've already seen i think a lot of changes in cloud structures and uh the main thing that I've noticed is the color of the sun. I don't know if it's the actual sun that has changed colors or if it's the atmosphere that is causing the sun to look different. But I remember as a kid, I had an orange sun and I had a yellow sun and now it's like a white LED light bulb or something. And it doesn't look like the sun I grew up with. Uh, do you see the same things? Yeah, I, I do see the same thing. You know, back in the, in the 1980s when I was growing up, it, it, it even now when I think about it, it was very orange, yeah. it's very orange, even on the beach, you know, the, the, the sands. Did they like Mandela affect our fucking sun too? <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, maybe yeah. there was, you know, a different solar output, you know, at, at that time during the seventies the and eighties, 
we were going through a different solar cycle where, yeah, the sun looked different. Um, or maybe we are here. We are, we are here in the sun event that could quite possibly change everything. A complete magnetic reversal. Yeah, well, there's some speculating that the sun could eventually like go nova and, and turn blue. What do you think about that? Uh, I have not heard that, but I, I've, um, I've heard, yeah, possibly turn nova, but turning blue, that would be some crazy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of brilliant researchers that are speculating that we're going to start to see lots of changes in our sky based on the, the energetic area of space combined with the changes that we're seeing in the sun, that we're going to see uh, what the ancients saw in the sky and carved into petroglyphs, looking like um, lights dancing in the sky and beings and crazy things that we've never seen and changes in colors that we've never seen in the sky before uh, because we're heading into this this such profound changes in the sun and our, and our cosmic atmosphere. Uh, do you think we're mm-hmm. going to start to see some of this stuff? Yeah. And, and there shall be signs in the heavens, you know, and, and the, the stars and everything out there in the blackness is, are the heavens. Um, you know, there's also speculation of quite possibly a second sun in, you know, maybe our solar system is binary. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that. I'm a person where I need to see it to believe it. Um, and I haven't seen substantial or enough evidence for me to believe that, but there's also that possibility too. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe because, you know, maybe well, it is out there. Let's talk about that for a second, because I am so on the fence about this. I used to even do, you know, shows about this. I used to talk about Planet X and um, Nibiru and the possibility of a second sun. Well, the one thing that really was like, the most convincing piece of evidence that I ever saw was not anybody's videos. It was an actual broadcast from an astronomer, and I can't think of his name right now. I'm going to have to go back and find the video, maybe post it in the description. But uh, I forgot his name. He was a famous astronomer, and he was doing a live stream of the transit of Mercury over the sun. And during this live stream, he dead seriously said, uh, and to the right, you will see our second sun. Yeah, I'm not supposed to talk about that. NASA doesn't talk about that. But yes, we do have a second son. And he didn't say anything else about it. He just went on with the broadcast like there was nothing else to it. And like people in the chat, this was back in like 2015 or 14. People in the chat Hmm. started freaking out saying, what what are you talking about? Two sons. And he got into all kinds of trouble, apparently. Uh, He was threatened to be kicked off of whatever job he was doing. He couldn't do live streams anymore. And a few uh, people, researchers, emailed him and responded, yes, I was telling the truth truth but i can't talk about this anymore so that's all we mm-hmm. got from it so it's like what is that you know where does that leave us that there's a possibly two sons i don't know uh but it was very intriguing like i said i'll try and go back and find that video i don't know if they scrubbed it from youtube yet but uh it was it very intriguing video me. yeah I'm, I'm sure there's plenty out there that are listening now that have also seen this and know what i'm talking about people have been looking at this stuff but it was crazy man so i don't know are they hiding us another celestial body out there it's you, I can't trust anything that I, I hear from NASA. I mean, why, why do they show such fakery? Why are they so intent on, on just showing fake stuff from NASA if we could really just do this stuff, you know? That's, that's what my question. Yeah, it, and, you know, I'd love to think that 
all of the billions of dollars that has been spent by NASA doing space research, getting on the moon back in the 60s, uh, and, and, you know, James Webb telescope now bringing back some of one of some of the most stunning photos of our universe. But there are a lot of speculators out there, you know, and I just, I, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm wanting to believe that billions of dollars were not wasted on lies. You know, uh, when we've got, you know, still probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of children who aspired to be an, uh, an astronaut, you know, do we've been out to space. I, I, I believe that, I, I mean, I believe most of NASA, I, I don't think I've seen enough to discredit them, but, you know, of course I've heard all the stories, you know, NASA never a straight answer. Um, you know, I like to believe that what they're showing is true. Right on. Well, I'm a straight shooter, know. man. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I just, I've had too many um, uh, bad experiences from my own government and mainstream media and too many lies come out for me to believe really anything until I have definitive proof of it. Uh, so I'll just remain agnostic until uh, they, sh you know, until I'm actually uh, on a spacecraft looking at Earth from <laughs> from a different perspective. But, you know, well, like I said, that's a, a completely different show and we do, uh, we do definitely have some major changes going on on our planet whether they're being caused by the elites for that know how to manipulate this stuff or it's actually uh you know coming from our sun and space uh is to be said but we're seeing these changes right now and they do have things like the adam and eve story uh which is the the declassified um kind of book from chan thomas that the cia had uh, classified for a long time for what reason i don't know but it just it talks about what is going to happen when we hit this point in these earth changes where uh it's basically the end of the world where uh the sun it goes into this stage where it causes all these massive changes on the planet all the volcanoes go off at the same time we have like this crack in our core Tidal waves over a thousand feet high, the winds of a thousand miles an hour ripping people's flesh off. I mean, just basically the apocalypse, and it's due to changes in our our solar system. And it was a CIA document or book that was classified for. Have you heard about that? I have, yeah, but I haven't done enough research to even to know exactly what was said or or, or foretold in that story. It was but, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what I've heard is, is that. Uh, you know, that pretty much documents the cataclysm, not just that cataclysm, but the cataclysm, yeah. you know, um, but Adam is light and Eve is darkness. So the, the old Adam and Eve story is, is so derivative of light and darkness. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. I think that we're we're living in very important times. I think that very important those in at the top, those the globalists, what we we're just the guys we we're ta- just talking about. They uh, they're making changes for something, whether it's their new technocratic world of of transhumanism and uh, social credit and slavery, or if they know something is going to actually be occurring to where uh, you know our planet may not be sustainable in the way that it used to be. I don't know. But there's definitely some changes going on coinciding with our weather and earthquakes. Um, Mm -hmm. How how bad has the uh, the earthquake situation been since I say 2017 when I've been looking at it? I know that it was increasing. We've had some some big ones here and there, but it seemed relatively quiet now, right? Yeah, it does. But actually, just over the last few days, things did pick up. We had a. large earthquake swarm in Iceland, uh, Figratus Folly volcano opened up a huge fissure uh, just yesterday. So that volcano is erupting again, and that erupted last February and, you know, completely filled up a, a valley in Iceland with fresh lava. Um, but the, the earthquakes have increased over the past few days. You know, normally we're at about 200 earthquakes on an average 24-hour period, and that's according to USGS. Um, but right now we're sitting at, uh, let me just double check here, I think probably about 330 again, or no, yeah, 280 right now. We're sitting at 280 across the the map. We had a swarm in Hawaii, but the large earthquakes, the larger scale earthquakes, we've definitely seen an uptick in those over the past well, since 2017, I've reported some very strong earthquakes on this channel. Um, I, I wish I had the numbers right in front of me, but I, I, I uh, a little Would you say that it's for... uh, it's still steadily increasing as far as uh, the the uh, the magnitudes and how often they're occurring? Yeah, the magnitudes. Yes, it it was. I mean, over the last little while, it's we're going through quite a lull. There hasn't been many large earthquakes, but in the past, you know, from 2017 to 2021, I was reporting, you know, quite a few larger earthquakes, six to eight, even. I remember the 8.1 in Mexico, mm. uh, large, uh, you know, larger earthquakes kind of are few right now we're, we're we're more seeing a constant rumble i think around the planet mm. um, do you think um yeah. you think yellowstone is should be a concern at all um they've you know of course always been this fear and speculation that if yellowstone goes off the united states is going to split open and be the chaos what do you think i i don't i really don't i i think yellowstone has has done its damage and it's going to be dormant for a, a very very long time are there any other areas within the united states that we maybe should be focusing on or looking at um california has always been a worry area um i've had people telling me that california should have fallen off the earth uh, a couple of years ago but i don't know man what do you think yeah I, I do believe we need to watch the pacific northwest you know larger dormant volcanoes so talking about Hood, Shasta, Rainier, St. Helens, Mount Baker, there are still some very quiet, large volcanoes 
along the Pacific Northwest. You know, last eruption with St. Helens was back in the 80s. Last known eruption with Baker, who knows? Rainier, who knows? Shasta. That's so interesting how we ha- how these uh, volcanoes have been kind of quiet for so long. I remember the the Kilauea was the biggest one we had seen in a while, and uh, I thought that was going to be a lot worse than it was. But uh, luckily, it you know it it did eventually die off, and it didn't. It was bad, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, yeah. Do you think that these are going to be something imminent in our future that uh, that we would have to worry about? I do believe that. I do believe that volcanoes are going to be the worry in the future. Um, I, this Volcanoes is how, are how our planet releases its pressure. Pressure from, you know, uh, our atmosphere and also pressure from our sun. They are the pressure valves. Uh, Krakatoa is gone. Krakatoa blew up a couple years ago. It is gone. So now we have a knack Krakatoa, his baby. That thing is still going. And and just the amount of large eruptions from very long and dormant volcanoes, Krakatoa, Soufriere, La Palma. There's there's been many. So it's leading me to believe that this high number of uh, erupting volcanoes across the planet is going to stick around and eventually even quite possibly double. Do you think it, it's the, what, whatever energy is coming from the sun is causing uh, our magma plumes and the core of the earth to expand, which is in turn causing these, uh, the uh, earthquake and volcanic activity? Yes. Yeah. It, I believe that our planet is constantly growing shrinking breathing pretty much you know breathing so yeah i do believe that right on now as far as if our planet isn't able to release as much pressure as it should do you think a that this you know a reaction from the core could cause a planetary uh, pole shift Quite possibly, yeah. If, if you you know you think about a, a tipping point, and you know the shape of our planet is actually like a heart. You know the core of our planet. It's not circular. It's only circular because of all the water that's around it. Um, so we've got this area, the mantle plume that we've talked about. This is massive. It, it it only makes sense that if our North Pole and South Pole are, are going through some dramatic changes it's going to affect the plume as well right on now one of the things that we are consistently warned about throughout history is a possibility of meteor impact or asteroid impact and we were constantly passing through areas of space with either more and less debris but it seems that we we just get lucky all the time, and we haven't had any um, major impacts maybe since the Tunguska incident, possibly if that's what it was. We don't, we don't even know for sure. But we you know we hear the last major um, impact event was probably when what killed off the dinosaurs. So you know where are all these meteors? Do you think that this is a, another 
danger that we might be facing soon is uh, meteor showers or uh, asteroid impacts? Yes, quite possibly. And, and, you know, it's evident around the globe that it, our planet has been impacted many times. You know, there are craters versus volcanoes. You can see the difference around the world. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we're coming up to a time where debris is just going to start falling due to our magnetosphere, you know, the whole switch, you know, maybe that actually pulls a whole bunch of outer limit celestial bodies, comets, asteroids towards our planet during the pull. So, you know, maybe, maybe during that, uh, Tuskunga or what's it called? The, the Tunguska, the I think. Tunguska event. Yeah. You know, maybe during that event, you know, that wasn't the only meteor impact site, you know, maybe there were hundreds, you know, who knows exactly what our planet was going through during that time. Um, yeah, you know, it, and, we can only speculate based on history and based on our knowledge now, but if our knowledge is being suppressed, um, we're, we're led to almost become conspiracy theorists because we're questioning. <laughs> well, you're you right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not, I'm not a theorist. Uh, I'm not big on conspiracies, but I have a lot of questions, mm. you know, even knowing with, with what I know, I still have questions. Uh, yeah. Well, we're definitely seeing um, what I would consider is a uh, illusion of scarcity at this moment that is being caused by a lot of people that we've been sp speaking of, those them they in control, uh, especially when it comes to our food supply chain, uh, when it comes to fertilizer, things that we need as far as necessities go. I don't know if this is being caused by our environment or our, our cosmic changes so much, but more of these uh, clandestine groups in control of the planet. But there are some that also believe that we uh, that a lot of the the farming issues that we've had, a lot of the food shortages that are going on, are actually due to uh, changing solar cycles and uh, a, a smaller yield in crops over the years. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I haven't done too much research on it. I, I do believe that you know this uh, our big food shortage right now has a lot to do with the catastrophic crop losses across the world. I think, you know, when we were talking earlier about shifting climate zones, you know, maybe we've got these new grow zones that are popping up. And of course our regular grow zones are going to diminish. So we have to pretty much follow our grow cycles. But at the same time, we've got 8 billion people on this planet, 8 billion, just about 8 billion. We're like, we're literally maybe 6 million people away or something like that. But the demand for food is so high and, and has grown exponentially over the past 20 years since the internet has come along and everybody's logging on. We've got, you know, we've got basically... 4 billion people now that are on internet, on the internet every day using it versus the regular 2.5, 3 billion people 
just before COVID. So COVID has brought along everybody online. Everybody wants a business. Everybody wants to make money. So everybody needs more stuff. So I do believe that our shortage right now is due to demand, also war, but more so our solar cycle. Are, are quite possibly our new grow zones that are popping up. And, and there's a reason why Africa is projected to be the world leader in the future. Their population is, is, is set to boom like nothing we've ever seen. But at the same time, their grow zones are going to grow. That's what I've heard anyway. Yeah. So, you know, Africa is going to be a major player in the future do, with crops and also, um, yeah, that's it. And uh, kind of lost track of my thought there. Sorry. No, that's okay. But when we're looking at the shifting of climates, uh, from what I've heard, isn't the United States supposed to become more of like a polar climate uh, after this shift occurs? I haven't heard that. I have not heard that. You know, maybe further northern, like Pacific Northwest, okay. quite possibly. But further south, not sure. Not too sure. It's something I wanted to point out here. Um, you know, the changes in our atmosphere are seen at higher elevations, for sure. Higher elevations, we're seeing colder temperatures um, right across the Rockies, down to Nevada. They had the highest amount of snowfall ever re reported in the past two years. Um, and it hung around for a very long time and is still piling up. You know, um, China as well, areas where all along the uh, Tibetan Plateau, still got record amounts of cold temperatures and, and snow being accumulated. So our, our, if we compressed magnetosphere is quite a, is a scenario that is possible here when we're getting the low solar output. No. So, yeah. With the compressed uh, magnetosphere, what, what does that actually mean for us? Well, for say, uh, take temperatures that are a thousand feet up, two thousand feet up, two kilometers up, and now push them down. You know, so we've got these colder temperatures that are actually closer to the surface, and and it, I do believe that that is what's happening, and that's why we're seeing these extreme weather events. Um, the uh, atmospheric rivers stretching across the Pacific or across the Atlantic. Uh, when you look at those storms yesterday. Uh, through Ontario, there was a line, like a squall line of thunderstorms that stretched from Indiana all the way up to Montreal, Canada. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I've seen thunderstorms roll through and you see it on satellite imagery and it's a big boom. But this was a huge line that stretched from Indiana all the way up to Montreal. And we, we you know, we had a low pressure system over Hudson Bay. We have a big low pressure system over Hudson Bay right now, fueling down these very cool temperatures. But the reaction, I do believe, you know, if if we are going through, if the if Earth is going through some kind of heating, then we're going to see a major reaction when the, we've got that compressed cold air pushing down on an extreme heat situation we're going to see some very volatile weather 
lightning strikes, you know, uh, and I mean, killer lightning strikes. I mentioned the, the cattle that was taken out in Saskatchewan mm. from one lightning strike. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Now, with all these uh, events that are occurring, if they are indeed on a cosmic level and we can't really do anything about them, what are the best solutions for us? What can we do? Uh, what would you suggest to, to prepare for what could be our possible future with this? Well, basically, stay aware and prepared <laughs> uh, and look up and just be ready for anything be ready for an earthquake be ready for you know a possible tornado so you know have a, a survival plan have a survival bag have a an emergency plan know how to uh, grow your own food quite possibly you know in in indoors because we don't know what the future holds right on, man. so i mean awareness and preparedness uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say stock up, but it's, it's not really going to change anything. Just need to be aware. Right on, man. Well, this was great. Mm -hmm. Um, we got to get some more updates in the future for sure. Before you head out, let the audience know where they can find your channel and anything else you got going on. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for having me on today. It was a pleasure again. It's been over a year now and, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Search on YouTube, Daily Events Worldwide, keeping humanity aware and prepared to natural disasters, weather, earthquakes, volcanoes, and of course, our sun producing its space weather. I have a 24-7 live stream going. Most of the time, you can check up on our planets and total precipital water maps, and of course, what our sun is up to. And there's a live chat section with people from all over the world. So please feel free to come and join. Stay aware and prepared. Awesome, and yes, great information, and we're definitely going to have to talk again soon in the future. Yeah, I would like that, Chris. For sure. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See you all then.